Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Did anybody wake up to the rain? It was glorious. Go ahead and shake your neighbor and say, what up, neighbor? Just like that, that loud, that loud, because we're loud and proud to be in the house of God today, right? Here we go, here we go. Hey, man, uh, we have incredible baptisms. God is doing a lot in, in Luminous Church, through Luminous Church, through you. And uh, so Luminous Church is... As Alyssa said, not this theater. It's, it's not these seats, which we love these seats, but it's you. Everybody say, me. 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 It's me. And the kingdom of God is in what? You. Everybody say, me. 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 That's what the kingdom of God is. And in 2015, we set out as a church, just like we have every year, just praying and asking God, what do you want for us in 2016? What do you want for Luminous Church? What do you want for your people? What do you want us to highlight and talk about that we would be about and that we'd be about in this city? For this city and for our church, what's that word? And we really felt like it was heaven open. That heaven would be open. And so we did a big vision Sunday. We invited everybody out. Marissa got baptized. We celebrated her. God is good. And so, man, this has been so great, and we've just seen so many people and so many lives being changed through that. But what I want to do, 2016, it's also an election year, isn't it? It's an election year. How many voted? Okay, how many going to vote? How many don't want to vote? Okay, there you go. You know, I, I don't know where you stand on the voting platform. I don't know if you're going to vote for or against. I don't even know if you're going to vote. I have no advice for you on how to vote, praise God. I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for, unless you do like me, probably go to the election booth and write in the name Jesus, because that's really the only person that I want to reign my life. And so, I don't know, but I really hope that the Lord would lead you in that. But what I do know is heaven open, that we need to start being heavenly minded. You know, Michelle Obama said this, when they go low, we go. When they go low, we go high. Oh my goodness. Can we say it like the DNC conviction? Conviction. <laughs> when they go low, we go high. And they're like, I'm never quoting Michelle Obama. <laughs> That's what half of the room thinks. The other half's like on board. So it's awesome. That's what you get when you get a diverse community of believers. It's on love and it's beautiful. When they go low, we go high. And really, that's what I want to petition to you today. That's what I want to talk about today is when they go low, we go high. But the question that I ask you this morning is, what is high? What is high? Is high snooty, snobby? Is it thinking that you're higher than the next person next to you? That they're saying something and so you're not, therefore you are higher? Is that what high is for you? Or is high something different? Is high this place where I believe is noble and true and heavenly. When I talk about when they go low and we go high, I'm talking about us lifting our eyes to heaven and beginning to see what Jesus is doing on the earth. That heaven would come to earth 
In Matthew 27, as Jesus was giving his life as a ransom for many, what began to happen is so many things, but, but the veil was torn, and the Holy of Holies was now acceptable for you and me, that you and I could access it. That we could access this Holy of Holies, and that we could have relationship with God. Now, now the, the curtain, the veil was huge. In fact, it took three Hundred men to fold this curtain. Three hundred men to fold this curtain to put it up. That's a lot of men. How many say that's a heavy curtain? Say that's a heavy curtain. That is a heavy curtain. Three hundred men put this thing up, and in a moment when Jesus was sacrificed on the cross, the veil was torn. Symbolic that heaven was being spilled out on the earth through humanity and those who believe in Jesus. This is really good news. And it's why we live this life according to him. And I know in this year, in 2016, some of us are losing our minds. Our social media feed is blowing up. And Christian hates Christian. Look at the person on your left. They don't even vote like you. What now? Like what now? What do you do with that? What do I do? But here's the thing is, in a level of media, in a level of posts, when when the news media is posting everything in the world, it's easy for us to start getting a little anxious, a little worried, especially if we have some earthly investments. You're beginning to think, what's going to happen to my 401k? What's going to be going to happen with my future? Am I going to be double taxed for that? Our pastor is going to start being taxed double now. I hope not. Like, well, what's going to happen? There's all this worry. There's all this angst. And as we begin to set out, I, I understand this. And I want to say that I understand where you are today. That there is fear. There is worry. There's anxiety. And at 20 years old, I was faced with fear, worry, and anxiety when I was asked to lead a junior high small group. A junior high small group of a bunch of men, a bunch of young boys figuring out all their hormones, 10 of them wrestling each other, pillow fighting, doing all this stuff. And when it was time to have a spiritual conversation in a circle, I started to clam up. I don't know if you've been like that, like clamming up or getting anxious in a moment like that. It's like it's a millennial's pastime anxiety, right? That's what we've been doing. We've been taking antidepressants and panic attacks are the norm. They used to be like four, but now everybody has one, at least one or two a day, right? And in this moment, I was faced with a choice. Am I going to panic or am I going to get control of this worry and this anxiety? And I've been meditating on Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 8. It says this, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. It's a volatile climate right now. We're getting anxious about every situation. And here we read of Philippians. It says, pray in every 
situation. I like the front row. They're really participating. Pray in every situation. In every situation. Well, how I many you know you just had a situation today? We had a situation on how to get to church. We had a situation on how to go about our life. We had a situation on what, am I going to choose the cinnamon roll or am I going to choose the cake? I mean, there's situations constantly presenting themselves to us. And it says pray in every situation and petition God. That's a lot of prayer. That's why Paul probably says, I pray without ceasing. That we would constantly make it a lifestyle of ours to constantly communicate to the Father on His behalf. That we, His best interest would be on our mind. Because that's what really will change our perspective. And when that happens, when we get godly perspective, then we have peace. We have peace that transcends our understanding. A transcendent level that is heavenly. A transcendent place. And this is hard. It's hard when you don't understand this place. Maybe you have never walked in this place of peace with God. Maybe you've been searching for peace. Anybody anxious in here needs a little bit of peace? Right? A few of us just need some peace in our life. I, I, God is so mysterious, isn't he? He is so mysterious that, that he's doing things all the time that are, that are out of my character, but totally in his character. For instance, my dad was on this scooter journey. He wanted to travel America on a scooter. It was a little bit better than Dumb and Dumber scooter. And it was like a step up. And, and when he went around America, um, my dad has gout. And, and he oftentimes struggles with gout. And it'll affect his foot or his elbow or different limbs and joints in his body. And this particular moment when he was in New England, he, he had a huge gout in his ear. And it was even, it would even be, it was sensitive to touch. He couldn't even put on a helmet, um, couldn't do anything like that. And if you're on a little scooter, you need a helmet, right? Because like, you're gonna get in an accident. It's 100% fact that if you ride a motorcycle, you're gonna be in an accident during that lifetime, right? That's scary. Now, hopefully it's just tipping the bike over in the driveway, but, so my dad was in New England, he had gout, couldn't wear his helmet, and he walked into an Anglican church. And there they were taking the Lord's Supper. And as they began to go take the Lord's Supper, they would go out for communion. And they did this oftentimes to remember Jesus and who he was and what he's done. And as he went up, he began to take communion. And when he did, his gout in his ear went away. Immediately. He's never seen anything like it. In fact, it was back to normal size. He could touch it. He could put on a helmet right when he left. And yet, yet, God is mysterious, right? That's mysterious enough, but my dad had gout in his foot. And when he walked out of there, he still had gout in his foot. That's, what? God, can you just heal all of me? Like, like, not just part of me, not just one thing, like heal all of me. Like, I want all of your healing for all of my body. But if we start living in such a way that we think this body is really where it's at, we can misplace. What I do know is my dad gave glory to God and he started being mindful of Jesus. He started thinking about him. In fact, that's how we should think. We should think on heavenly things. We should think on Jesus. We should know that Jesus is in control. In Daniel chapter four, 
Yet King Nebuchadnezzar, and here he was worshiping idols and other gods. And, and Daniel would oftentimes speak to him about, about his God and the true God. And in Daniel chapter 4, verse 31, God is in control. Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven that is what that is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You eat grass like the ox seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the most high is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle. What woman wants a man like this? And his nails like the claws of a bird. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven and the people of the earth. No one can hold back His hand or say to Him, What have you done? How many of you know that King Nebuchadnezzar realized that God is the true king? He's the true king. He looked up and he said, you're king. You're in control. Apparently I'm not. I have long fingernails and hair that looks like an eagle. So I am, that's, you are king. And what I do know in 2016, no matter who you vote for, whoever is elected, they'll be out of there in a blink of an eye. And whether you love them or, or despise them, they will be gone in a moment. And, and, and life is short. And this life in America, our history is only but a bleak. And it's just 200 years. And it's just so small. And yet we know that we're, we're fretting about the Huffington Post posting every five minutes about the election. And we've been running to these news feeds on who's saying what and who's up in the polls. Haven't we? And when you're up, you're like, yes. And when you're down, you're like, mournful. Oh, man. But it's over in a moment. And we shouldn't get crazy about these things and said we should be running to the one and to the kingdom that will last forever and that is Jesus let's run to his kingdom let's start voting for Jesus let's start choosing him and start realizing that he has the answers and perspective for our life Isaiah 40 21 he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth in verse 22 when I look to heaven, my sanity is restored. When I look to heaven, my perspective changes. When I look to heaven, I realize I'm not of this earthly world. Look at your neighbor and say, say this, you're an alien. Tell your other neighbor, no, I'm not. Right? Like, like we are not of this world. We are from a different world. In John 3, 31, it's described as this. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. 
He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he who God has set, sent utters the words of God. He gives the spirit without measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. That you are not earthly. You're not earthly, you're heavenly, you're created to be heavenly. And when you start acting earthly, you're going to get earthly results. When you start moving into heavenly things, you're going to see heaven come to earth. And, and we do this all the time. For instance, keeping up with the Joneses. Have you ever heard this statement, keeping up with the Joneses? Well, well the Joneses sold their house not too long ago in North Carolina for over a million dollars. So if you want to keep up with them, move to North Carolina, buy this house. The Joneses threw parties. They had, they had events. They drove Teslas. They were awesome. And everybody wants to be the Joneses, right? Here's the fascinating part is when you win the lottery, it, it, it may go well for you, but not so well for your neighbor. For instance, for every $1,000 your lottery winner wins, there's a 2.4% chance that the neighbor will go bankrupt because they're trying to keep up. They're trying to keep up. Here comes the Tesla. Oh, I need to get a better car. Oh, man, do you see their nails? Oh, I'm going to go get my nails done. Oh, man, look at that hair. That hair is awesome. I got to get better hair. Oh, man, look at that. They're bringing in their laundry. Oh, man, I'm going to bring a laundromat to my house out of my garage right now. Right, like we're just trying to keep up. Look at their yard. It's green. I'll rip out our yard. We sod it. Let's make it greener. And that's what happens. And, and so, so if you win, just, just you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, expect your neighbor to hate you. Right? But this is what happens when we try to keep up with earthly things. When we try to keep up with earthly things, we end up going bankrupt. When we try to keep up with every news feed out there on social media. Oh man, I got a blog. I got a blog. Ooh, man, I gotta share this. Somebody share that. I gotta share this one. Oh, check out this video. If you keep doing that, you will never keep up. And I would venture to say this, that there are probably many people who came in this morning and their soul is bankrupt. That they've been trying to keep up with so many people. And it'll never work for you. You see, you are not earthly. And if you try to keep up in an earthly manner, I really believe that that end is destruction. The enemy's been trying to get you over and over to look into his eyes and, and begin to do his ways, whatever way that is. And have you seen the movie Aladdin? I love Aladdin. Like, I wanted to marry Jasmine, and I did. She is hot. And she will show me the world. I mean, I mean, so, so in the lab, and I love this, I love this story. You got Jafar, he has his staff, and it's, this staff has a serpent on it. And it's such a picture of us in this walk with God that, that he puts that staff right into somebody's eyes, and he starts putting a spell on And as long as you're looking at that staff, you are mesmerized and you start doing whatever the 
the staff holder says. And I feel like I feel like that's happened a lot to us. That the enemy in this election year in 2016 has been trying to hold a staff in our life and saying, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. I want you to look at this and be distracted from what you're really born to do. I see, I feel like what you're really born to do is you're born to be heavenly. You're born to be heavenly. That the greatest picture of heaven on earth will be Christ in you. What does that look like on Monday morning? What does it look like on Friday nights? What does it look like in your life? Are people seeing heaven? People made a declaration of baptism today. It was a glimpse of heaven. That's why I love seeing baptisms. Because every time I see a baptism, I'm seeing a picture of heaven. I'm seeing a dead life be raised up new in Christ with a new identity, a new trajectory, a new purpose, a new plan. That's what I begin to see as people raise up out of the water. Heaven on earth. As I begin to see heaven on earth, I begin to see healing, signs, wonders, and miracles. I see moms and dads who are stewarding and loving their kids and training them up in the way they should go. I see a husband who laid down his life over and over and over again for his wife. 70 times seven. I see wives who all they want to do is help their husband be the greatest man that's ever existed. And they champion them. They encourage them. They love them. I see heaven on earth. I see a picture of great things. I see single people who aren't counting down the clock of when they're going to get married. But they start moving forward to God and what God has for them, making a change on the earth. That, they, that the earth needs to see Jesus through them and the way they live this life. Trust in God because He is in control. You know, when you're looking at the staff, and maybe we've been mesmerized, mesmerized through the election, through the temptation, through through the glitz and glamour of what it would look like if only I could live for myself. What would that look like? If I could only, if I could only speak my mind. What would that look like? The only way out of that trance is to begin to look heavenward. Psalm 121, 1 through 2, 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I look up to heaven. I realize heaven can become a reality today. Heaven is coming or becoming a reality by the way I walk and the way I move and the way I live and the way I love. We also need to know how to walk. I don't know who's going to win the election. I know how we should walk. Philippians 3 says this, verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. 
For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our, our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. I don't know who's gonna win the election. I don't know what 2016 is gonna look like. I don't know what your bank account's gonna look like. I don't know what your kids will turn out like. I don't know your future husband or your future wife. I don't know your degree plan or any of that. But I know this, we think on whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, if we think on these things, life's gonna be okay. I know this, that God is in control. As quickly as he makes a king, he'll replace that king. I know that I'm not earthly, so I need to quit comparing myself earthly things I know where to look when I need help I need to quit looking to my friend who gives bad advice I need to quit looking to that person I'm reminded of Job in this moment this moment of where to look Job had all these great friends around him when tragedy hit, when he lost his wife, he lost his kids, he lost his fortune, he lost all these things, and his friends come up to him and give him all this advice. I read that advice, I'm like, oh, that's good. Dude, I can tweet that. That's awesome. <laughs> and then God goes, who are you going to listen to? You don't listen to them? Are you going to listen to me? Don't straighten it out. Not that your friends can't, by the Holy Spirit, encourage you, give you advice, and give you wisdom. But then we have friends' advice is subject to God. It needs to be tested. And I know how to walk. I'm going to start walking the way that he wants me to walk. I pray that this week, that we could walk it out. As Colossians 2, 6 says this, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you walk in Jesus, people will see heaven. Are you gonna bring heaven to earth? Church, are you gonna bring heaven to earth? by the way you walk and live. You're gonna bring heaven to earth by the way you love, by the way you pray, by the way you petition. I hope so. I hope we can do that. This week, I pray that you may be used 
my God. Would you stand with me? Father, we love you this morning. God, I just, I ask, Holy Spirit, Lord, there's a lot of requests for our nation. A lot of requests for your kingdom to come. But Lord, no matter how much we legislate morality, our only moral compass is by the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking Holy Spirit that you would lead us, direct us, guide us. I pray that America would not be changed by a, a vote, but it would be changed by the way we do mission. Would it be changed by the way we love people? Would it be changed by people coming to know Jesus? Would it be changed by when the lost is found or celebrated? Would it be changed because family trees are changed? God, whatever we have in this country, would it be a result because the church is the church and they look like heaven on earth? Holy Spirit, thank you. Lastly, I want to pray for whoever came in with worry, anxiety, anxiety about their current relationship. Maybe they even walked in with today. Anxiety about the future, anxiety about work tomorrow, about school tomorrow, about friendships, relationships, moving into the holiday season, spending it with family, anxiety. Lord, you will cast worry out. I pray that you would do that. Renew our mind. Jesus, I pray that you would bless your church this morning. Amen. If you need prayer on your way out this morning, we have prayer workers right up here in the front row. They would love to pray with you. That's why they showed up today, to pray with you. We love you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org. Thank you for listening to this week's message.